Martin Luther, the Catholic priest, kindled a firestorm when he told people there was a higher authority than the Pope. They wanted to burn him at the stake, so dangerous were his teachings. But his ideas were too powerful to suppress, and the church was forced to retreat. The result was a tsunami of freedom and prosperity. This battle for personal freedom still continues. Who talks for God today? Find out on The Carter Report. We welcome you today. The topic is, who talks for God? Who speaks for God? The Pope? Uh, the Church? A um, big committee? A, uh, a hierarchy of religious leaders? Who talks for God? This is a very, very important subject. Who talks for God? Before I start, though, my mind is full of the events that took place in the last few days here in beautiful Thousand Oaks. It's supposed to be about the safest place in the United States of America. We've lived here for many, many years. We're a part of Thousand Oaks. But just a few days ago, we had a mass shooting. Those things don't happen in Thousand Oaks. They do now. A mass shooting, lots of young people uh, gunned down in cold blood. But then the day after, we had these tr tremendous fires. Now, if I've got a little tickle in my throat today, and I'm not saying this facetiously, it's because the winds have changed. We're not having the awful Santa Anas, but the winds are blowing off where the fires were. So I've got a little bit of this in my lungs today. Around our house, uh, so much smoke. Uh, we didn't evacuate, but we had our cars loaded up, ready to go. Most of the street evacuated, but we're glad that we're alive. Now, not today, but next week, listen to this. I have a red-hot topic for you. God and guns in America. I say this to my dear wonderful American friends, did you know that in the Western world, in the advanced world, the first world, a world, America is the most dangerous place on the face of the earth. Now, people say we see, we've seen there's been some fightings over um, squabbles over in London and other places in the United Kingdom. The chance of your being killed here in the United States of America per capita, per capita, is 50 times higher than in the United Kingdom. So what is the problem? I'm going to talk about the problem, which is not obvious to all people. Is the problem the gun or is the problem the person behind the gun. So that's going to be the next topic. But the topic today is who talks for God? Where do I go for answers to my church, uh, to the leaders of the world church, the pope, the priest, the pastor, or where? What's my authority? 
Luther, in one of his debates, was asked this question. Do you think, Martin Luther, that you are the only one who has the truth? Martin Luther said these words. He said, I'm free to think as I choose. My mind is captive to the word of God. A simple Christian armed with scripture is greater than the mightiest pope without it. That's the genius of the great Protestant Reformation that made the United States of America. I am free to think as I choose. If you're not free to think as you choose, then you are a slave. He said, I'm free to think as I choose. A simple Christian armed with scripture is greater than the mightiest pope without it. Don't forget it. Our authority is not the church. It is not the priest. It is not the pope. It is not some hierarchy. It is not the pastor. It is the word of God. Now take your Bibles and turn over here with me to Matthew 4 and verses 1 down to 4. Matthew 4 and verses 1 down to 4. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. When he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You can't get by without food, drink, and water. And you're going to die. You're going to shrivel up inside without the word of God. There were three great temptations for Christ. Uh, the first temptation was the temptation to turn stones to bread, to fill our bellies. He said, it is written. The second one was the call for a miracle. Cast yourself down. Jesus said, it is written. The third temptation was the power and the glory. I'll give you the power of the world. I'll give you the power of the church. Just give you power. Jesus said, it is written. There's an answer to every situation. And the answer is, it is written, the word of God. Now back to Martin Luther. This is a little aside. Before Martin Luther and the Reformation, the world was in great moral and spiritual darkness. Most people are completely oblivious to the facts of history. Before Martin Luther, there was no religious or political freedom. The Bible was kept from the people. In fact, people who read the Bible were burned at the stake by the church. They were burned for the crime of thinking differently. Now, I'm going to say something which is totally politically incorrect, and you can be mad with me or not. I am not a Republican and I'm not a Democrat because I do not want people thinking for me and telling me 
what I should do. I am an independent. And you say, oh, no, 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 the party, the party. Listen, the party, the party, the party is going to get people in the last days the mark of the beast. The party, the party, the party. Think for yourself. Don't be a slave to any, any man. You don't like that? Well, there's more to come. Revelation 17, verses 3 and 4. The apocalypse, Revelation 17, notice it. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. The woman, that's the symbol of the church, was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold, precious stones, pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. Listen, we live in an age of tremendous ignorance in the church. In Bible prophecy, a woman is symbolic of the church. A harlot is a harlot church. The pure woman is the pure church. Now, this is a picture of the church in the Dark Ages. Verses 5 and 6 of Revelation 17. On her forehead her name was written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, uh, the mother of harlots uh, and of the abominations of the earth. I saw the woman, the church, drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. The church in the dark ages, the so-called Christian church, but it wasn't, put to death millions of people. The true church of God never coerces. Jesus never forces the will. Jesus never comes into your life and, and he, he never says, you've got to do this or else I'm going to kick you out. That's the voice of the Antichrist. So we believe in freedom of speech and we believe in freedom of religion. Luther and his Reformation unleashed a tsunami of freedom and prosperity. If we had not had the Protestant Reformation, uh, we would have been in the blackness of the Dark Ages with persecution. You didn't know this? Study your history. Why do you think America came into being? To change the analogy. Come to Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 and 2. Isaiah chapter 60, 1 and 2. Rise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Bible says, light will spring forth in darkness. It always does. And it did through the preaching of Martin Luther and others. Let me tell you folks something. Whether you're a Democrat or a, a Republican or a Calathumpian or independent or nothing. People today want what we have. Why is America inundated with these poor people? You know why they're coming? They're coming because they want freedom. 
They're coming because they want prosperity. Mothers are even sending their children by themselves because they want them to be free from the gangs. Now, I'm going to tell you something that you'll never, never hear on, on television. These poor migrants are coming because they're coming from lands that are still ruled by the Church of the Dark Ages. Oh, the penny drops. They are coming from countries where they have no freedom like they have in America or Australia or Great Britain. You better get that into your minds. They're fleeing oppression, crime and poverty. Now, come back to Luther before the Diet of Worms. He was told, you must give up your ideas and submit to the majority. You must bow to the voice of the church. People have told me stuff like that. He says this. This is what he said. I cannot submit my faith either to the Pope or to the councils because it is as clear as day that they have frequently erred and contradicted each other. That's the truth. Unless I am convinced by the words of the Bible or by clear reasoning, my conscience is captive to the word of God. I cannot and I will not recant for it is unsafe to go against conscience. Here I stand. I can do no other. God help me. Amen. Oh, I wish we had some Luthers today. I wish we had some men of courage today. We seem to be breeding a race of mamby-pambies. So I ask the question, what is our ultimate authority in matters of conduct and faith and doctrine? Who speaks for God? That's the question. Every person today needs to ask and answer that question. Is it the church? Is it tradition? Is it a bunch of religious leaders gathered from around the world uh, who think that somehow they've become infallible? Is it a hierarchy? You know, the greatest temptations are found not in the world. Listen to this. The greatest temptations are found not in the world, but in the church. The lust for Spiritual power. I tell you what you're going to do. Why? Because I speak for God. As my friend uh, Dr. Russell Owens in Texas used to say, that's phony baloney. The word of God speaks for the word of God. We do not need intercessors. Is a tradition. Oh, we believe it. For so long, we do it because we do it because we do it. Is it a hierarchy? No, no, no. Come over here to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 
and verse 13 and 15. The words of Paul, 2 Timothy 3, verse 13. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And that from childhood you've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. That's teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete. You don't need anything more. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. Amen. That is our authority. We have an infallible source of spiritual truth. It can make you wise for salvation. How much more do you want? Wise for salvation. Paul says it'll give you doctrine. If your doctrines, I want to say to my Christian friends, if your doctrines are not based upon Scripture, then you're being deceived. Well now, but no, no. All doctrine must be based upon Scripture. For reproof. I need reproof? Yeah. Don't you tell me I need it. We all need reproof. The Bible, if I'm going in the long, wrong way, I need a hand on my shoulder, God's hand, to turn me around. Reproof. Correction. That's because we're such sinners. Oh, but I'm not a sinner. Yes, you are. Ask your family. You see? For correction. Instruction in righteousness. And we discover when we read Scripture that righteousness is not an attainment. It is through atonement. It says so that we might be complete, mature, that we will stop being babies and we will grow up. Lots of people simply grow older, but they never grow up. The Bible says if you're in the same old way and you've been doing it for years, it's time to grow up. And you grow up through the reading of Scripture, thoroughly equipped for salvation. In the Dark Ages, this is history. Uh, go and get uh, your computer and look up online and study about the Inquisition. Uh, go and read about the Spanish Inquisition. In the Dark Ages, the Bible was rejected by Roman church leaders who burned the Bibles and heretics. And most of the heretics were, who were bo uh, burned were earnest, zealous, God-fearing Roman Catholics, burnt by their own church. Go and study the Spanish Inquisition. Go online. Now, many people in America have completely forgotten their glorious destiny because they don't know where they came from have no idea of the genius of America. They have no idea about the ideal of America. Haven't got a clue. What do they teach kids in school? I wonder. I went in to have my car. <laughs> I went in to have my car service. It was a pretty girl's. I was getting a loaner car, you know. She said, what is your name? I said, John Carter, C-A-R-T-E-R. Okay, 
because my accent's a little different. You see, John Carter, I spelled it out. I said, the same as Jimmy Carter. Oh, she said, does he have his car serviced here too? <laughs> so I guess if you've never heard of Jimmy Carter or Ronald Reagan, then probably you've never heard uh, of the Pilgrims. Mm -hmm. We need to know some of these things. This is the truth. That's why the Pilgrims came to America. They came to America because they wanted to breathe free air. They wanted the right to worship God according to the dictates of their conscience. They wanted a state without a king and a church without a pope. That was the genius of America. M many Americans haven't got a clue today. But they came here because they wanted freedom. We take our stand with Martin Luther and all the great reformers, including that prolific writer of the 19th and 20th centuries, Alan White. The Bible and the Bible alone. Now come with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. These are the words of that great preacher, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 to 2. Paul says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and, and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. So Paul says, preach the word because the word uh, is uh, the authority. And now notice verses 3, 4, and 5 of 2 Timothy. Here it is. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears like donkeys. They want their ears scratched, itching ears. <laughs> I've preached to plenty of congregations with itching ears. They will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn away their ears from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist, whatever happened to that. Do the work of an evangelist, but it doesn't work anymore. Do the work of an evangelist. We don't do it. I can tell you, church is dead. Nobody going to your church. Doesn't work. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Now, the greatest of all the preachers said to this young guy, preach the word. And that's what we ought to do. And who are these creatures with the itching ears? I've met heaps of them. They want you to tell them those things that are going to tickle their ears. They're going to say to you, oh, don't talk about those things. Uh, tell us that we can break all of the commandments of God. We can steal and we don't have to restore. We can steal and we don't have to pay back. Just scratch our ears. The ear scratches and the ears that are scratched are going to go down to hell together. Now, years ago, I was running with my family and my team, a bunch of volunteers, running here in Harare, Zimbabwe, Salisbury, Rhodesia. I got lots of opposition. When you preach the word, you're going to get opposition. If you're not getting opposition, it's because you're not worth opposing. 
Some preachers say, I don't get any opposition. Of course you don't. Why would anybody want to oppose you? Just leave you long enough and you'll die anyhow. So we were preaching the word and we got strong opposition. I even got a message from the Pope, personal message. But one night, the government sent along representatives. They'd been in the audience every night. They came along, the leader of the government, and he said, I need to speak to this great audience because people want to shut you up. They want to have you, they want us to deport you. Then he came out and he spoke to the people. Beverly was there. We had a great choir from Seleucid College. Come and sing the African national anthem. There was glory in the air. And then this man came out and stood in front of me. He said, I've been listening to you night after night. He said, Pastor Carter. Then he made the sign of the cross, Anglican background. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, preach the word. He said, preach the word. He said, preach the word. He said, what this country needs that has been torn apart by racism and terrorism, it needs preachers who've got fire in their bellies and they will, not little old grannies, not babies, not crybabies. He said, we need preachers who will preach the word from Genesis through, right through to Revelation. Preach. Preach the word, he said. Now, we're talking about who speaks for God. Is it a church council? Is it the hierarchy? And I'll be back with more. Just a moment. Stay with us. Who speaks for God? God has got a time and a place for everything. Nothing happens by chance. In spite of the powers of darkness, nothing can destroy the church of God. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That the gospel is not about you and me. It is the good news about the Lord Jesus Christ. What and where is heaven? This DVD series from John Carter will be yours with a gift of $50 U.S. or $70 Australian. Write to us at the address on the screen. Visit carterreport.org, your home for inspirational teaching. Time. It takes only a minute to have eternal life. How can you get saved in a minute? It's simple. First, believe that Jesus was the Son of God. Second, accept His free gift of eternal life. And then, you're saved. It's not hard. It doesn't take any time. You can be saved in a minute right now. Pray with me. Lord God, I realize that I am a sinner. My sin has separated me from You. I accept that Your Son, Jesus Christ, died for me. 
I ask Jesus into my heart. If you prayed this prayer, you are saved. The next thing to do is tell someone, fellowship with other followers of Jesus, get baptized, read your Bible and pray. Choices, we make them every day, all day. The most important choice you will make in your life is whether to choose eternal life or let it pass you by. If you'd like more information about your new life, call the number and visit our website. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.